As the racing season winds down, the separation season begins. Now, when I say separation season, I don't mean the season to separate yourself from racing, although that's exactly what many of your competitors are doing. And that provides an opportunity for you to separate from the pack. Within This Is Bracket Racing Elite, we focus on growth year-round, but the gains, they're, they're small, they're incremental during race season for two reasons. Number one, because your attention as a racer is split, right? You've got upkeep, maintenance, travel, all the things involved with the racing season, in addition to a focus on your own growth. And because other racers are working hard at that time too. It's this time of year, this separation season, where putting in the work can really allow you a leg up on the competition. If you're serious about doing just that, and you'd like to surround yourself with a group of knowledgeable trainers and accountable peers with the tools, the resources, the wisdom to help you take that next step, and perhaps even with the occasional kick in the pants to keep you on track, This Is Bracket Racing Elite is the answer. We've helped thousands of racers just like you take the next step toward becoming the best version of themselves on the racetrack. Elite can help you do the same. Enrollment is open as of Monday, November 27th, and it closes December 8th. Learn more at thisisbracketracing.com slash elite. Today's podcast is brought to you in part by This Is Bracket Racing Elite. If you're ready to take your game to the next level, who better to lead the way than our own Luke Bogacki? Check out This Is Bracket Racing Elite today. In addition, today's podcast is presented by Racing RVs. Based near Dayton, Ohio, Racing RVs is your source for quality new or used trucks, motorhomes, and trailers. Whether you're buying, selling, or trading, make Racing RVs your first call. Welcome to the Sportsman Drag Racing Podcast with Luke and Jed. Introducing your hosts, the multi-time world champion, Cool Hand Luke Bogacki, and the golden voice of drag racing, Big Jed, Jared Pennington. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Sportsman Drag Racing Podcast with Luke and Jed. I'm Big Jed, Jared Pennington. He's Cool Hand Luke Bogacki. Thank you for finding us wherever you find your podcast and allowing us to be a small part of your day. The Sportsman Drag Racing Podcast will be a weekly review of what's happening or what has happened in sportsman racing. Luke and I will be talking about all of the hottest topics, drivers, and events in racing today. What's going on, Luke? Man, uh, recovering from a big week at the Big Go. It was really cool to hear from so many of our listeners at the biggest race in the world, especially. Awesome. Yeah, you'd have really got a kick out of it. Uh, and for me personally, I thought it, the real takeaway was I probably had, I don't know, four or five people come up to me and uh, tell me about their love for indie and their indie stories based upon some of the stuff that I shared on last week's podcast. So that was pretty neat. Nice. Yeah, yeah, it was a lot of fun uh, catching up with a lot of people I'd never met before. So very cool. On the track, we had a mixed bag, I guess. Friday... Just lost in round two of Super Comp to eventual winner, Ray Connolly. Um, yeah, I had by a thou. By one stinking thou. Yeah, I had, mm. her, uh, I had her a little hotter than we uh, than we thought. She did a pretty good job, killed way more than we thought she needed to, and came up 89.9 when he dropped her on her head. I got to seven, Super Comp. 
made a decent, not great run Sunday morning. Needed to make a great run beside uh, Jackson Panic. And I was actually competitive in Supergas, which I know uh, our listeners, that, that hasn't really been the case for a few months. I've been struggling with that car. Uh, shout out to Jason Lynch. for Sometimes you just need somebody to go, well, hey, idiot, here's what's wrong. And uh, it looks like sure. that was absolutely the case. It was a very simple fix that at least at Indy had my Corvette pretty awesome for the whatever seven runs that we made so but the highlight of our weekend without question jessica got best appearing car which was special for both of us we'd never won anything like that before like a never a best appearing best engineered on any level i know i've told you in private like that kind of chapped me a little bit because i feel like we've had real nice stuff for a while but to get an award like that on basically the biggest stage it was really cool, and it was neat for her to get up in front of the crowd, and like I say, just a, a pretty special moment for both of us, so that was awesome. Heck yeah, and you you did tell me, you've told me on a couple of occasions as you were building it, it was going to be the nicest car y'all have ever had, and obviously uh, that has been true to your word, and it is a beautiful piece, man. I, I tell you, I looked at it real good at Huntsville. It's amazing to me what all you can paint. I didn't even realize you could paint that much stuff. <laughs> it yeah. is a beautiful whip. Well-deserved. Thank you. Now, the attention to detail is similar on my car, my Canon Filters Dragster, but I'll be honest, certainly in Jess's case, and really in mine, Jess's car is a little bit more my style. It's a little uh, little flashier, a little darker colors. I think it stands out a little bit more, but no, it is. It's the nicest car we've had without question. Yeah, congratulations, Jess. That, that was really cool to see. What's up? With and you, you race good. Well, I uh, just one little small race here on Saturday. Didn't didn't do any traveling. Didn't go anywhere. Just tried to stay around the house. Got a lot coming up this month, especially. And then, of course, we know October's full as well. So, trying not to live out of the motorhome any more than I have to. And got to, had a quarterfinal finish Saturday and. Cars are a little better than it has been. Seem to be pretty good. So excited for Memphis. Looking forward to that. I uh, got still got quite a few things to get done before I'm ready to head out Thursday evening. But other than that, you know, no kickball this week and just kind of hanging out and. Would you have a bye take, week? Yeah, you know it's a, it's Monday league. So since Monday was Labor Day, they decided to. Um, I got a little little foot injury or issue we got going on go to the doctor Mars. he might tell me my kickball season's over with so mm. this could be tough i may need picking up off the floor uh next week after i get this news we'll see hmm. all right well i'll be thinking about you there hoping for the best <laughs> well, i appreciate that a lot of racing on uh on the schedule this past weekend we got a lot to talk about luke yeah, we do. Obviously, uh, a huge holiday weekend, as is typical on holiday weekends. It brings a lot of uh, big bracket racing from across the country. Obviously, the, the biggest event of the weekend is the the big go, the granddaddy of them all, the U.S. Nationals at Indy. We'll talk a lot about that. We will cover bracket action from Montgomery, Alabama, Kilcare up in Xenia, Ohio, Thunder Valley in Noble, Oklahoma, Norwalk, Ohio, and Farmington, North Carolina, plus... We'll get a chance to talk with our buddy, competition eliminator winner at the U.S. Nationals, Mr. Brad. How cool was that? We kind I don't know if we called a shot. I think we called him nuts. But we said he was doing this two weeks ago with hopes of winning Indy, and my goodness, he pulled it off. We'll get his take on what it's like to pilot that low six-second, 200-mile-an-hour buggy beast to victory, his third victory at the U.S. Nationals. So looking forward to catching up with Brad. But uh, before we get into all that, Jed, let's start off by telling everybody who's hot He's on fire! It's time for Who's Hot in Sportsman Drag Racing. 
Seabrook Performance, who's hot? In addition to building quality race engines, Seabrook Performance is your source for carburetor setup. Whether it's a new, custom calibrated carburetor or a rebuild and calibration of your current carb, Luke Seabrook at Seabrook Performance has the answer. Call Luke at 785-286-6813. Luke, who we got this week? As usual, we had a little bit of debate here. Could have gone a couple of different directions, but nobody really stood out. Like nobody ran the table at a at a big money event or won multiple classes on the national level or anything like that. Yeah. Um, so this week, a little bit different than normal. We're going to give our who's hot to a young man that won one class over the weekend. And not so much because, A, it's a huge accomplishment. He won super gas at the U.S. Nationals, right? That's about as right. big a deal as you can have. But it wasn't on like a tear coming into it that I know of. It's one win, seven rounds. But the way that he went about it, like it's it's worthy of telling the story. And I think this is a great form to do it. So this week's Who's Hot goes to Kevin Adams. Kevin, again, super gas winner. was his first national event win at his home state at the biggest of them all. The NHRA U.S. Nationals at Lucas Oil Raceway in Indianapolis. And that in and of itself is a cool story, right? Certainly. It gets Absolutely. way better. Okay. And I, I shout out to, to Jake Hodge for bringing this to my attention because I was there and had no idea that all this was going on. Kevin Adams made his first time trial on Wednesday morning in Supergas. Made a decent run. I think I looked at it because honestly, I didn't believe Jake's story. Like I followed up on it. Uh, I think I think Kevin went 996 at 159 or whatever the case was, 160 something on his time trial. We got four time trials in Supergas. That one run on Wednesday morning was the only time that Kevin Adams' name appears on the ledger. Oh, wow. Reason for that is apparently on his way to the staging lanes for Q2 or T2, time trial two on, uh, again, Wednesday uh, afternoon. Heard something in the car, something's not right, shut it off, tow it back to the pits. At which time they realize, boy, something's really not right. And they start tearing into this thing. And the result is the crankshaft comes out of the car in the pits. Saw a picture of it. It's obviously in the pits at Indianapolis. Heads are off. See the pistons in the holes. Oil pan is off. Doesn't appear that the pistons are connected to anything. Mm. Okay, we have a, a thrust bearing that barely resembles a thrust bearing. I don't Hence know. the 996. Okay. Maybe. Yeah, okay. I don't know if, like, the crankshaft actually went to a machine shop or this was, like, an emery cloth job, because I've seen that in the pits. But Kevin didn't obviously make Q2 on Wednesday, didn't make the third or fourth time trial on Thursday. Got everything back together in time to roll up for round one Friday morning. Essentially blind, and you'd have to think, like, not real confident that this thing's going to go <laughs> A to B once, much less seven times in order to win Supergas at the U.S. Nationals. Four days later, that's exactly what happened. Wow. Um, drove lights out, wrecked the tree all day, knocked out Samantha Coughlin in the final with the 006 light, wrecked the tree all day, wrecked the tree all weekend. Really impressive in a cool little Chevy 2 that's plenty fast. But like I say, the way that they went about it is, a, is if you scripted the way to win the U.S. Nationals, that ain't it. <laughs> but it came around. So kudos to Kevin and his family. As Jake Hodge put it, his dad's a bad man with a torque wrench. 
I'll have to agree with that just based on uh, the knowledge that I have. So uh, this week's Seabrook Performance, Who's Hot? Kevin Adams. Way to go, Kevin. Awesome. Sound like Kevin could use Seabrook Performance help there, get that bullet freshened up. But, uh, I mean, rebuilt it in the pits. In the pits. Luke, yeah, and he, I mean, I don't – you've never been to Indy, have you? Uh, never been to a race there, no. I cannot I think of facility. a sportsman pit area at Indy that is on the pavement. Oh, so just oh to boy. paint a little bit better picture of what we were dealing with there. <laughs> uh, he uh, he needed your dad's hotel room in that bathtub. <laughs> Don't forget the drive in across the street. So. <laughs> oh, yeah, forgot about that. Well, congratulations, Kevin Adams. Heck of a story and a heck of a win. Uh, that was really cool. So let's get to some results from Indy, Luke. Sure. So he talked about super gas a little bit. Yeah, we, a lot uh, of other guys race too. Absolutely. Competition Eliminator, we will dig more into on this week's big interview. The win went to Brad Floyd. Wow. Where's that for the bloopers, huh? Brad (laughs) Floyd. finally messed up. I got you. Yeah. Brad got the win over red lighting Mike Farrell in the final round. Super Comp, the aforementioned Ray Connolly, got his second U.S. Nationals victory, defeated Big E, the king. Edmund Richardson, yeah. who was also vying for his second Indy win. I think the final uh, margin there was like three thousandths of a second in the final. Both of them way down on speed. As we mentioned, Kevin Adams, Supergas winner over Samantha Coughlin. Team Jed Alert. Team Jed Alert. Whoop, whoop. Superstock win to Kevin Helms. Part of Team Jed. Kevin knocked off Marion Stevenson in the final. And suddenly, Helms, when you drafted Kevin Helms in, in the redraft back in June... I don't want to say anything because, like, he is Kevin Helms, right? Sure, yeah. Um, but I thought, he ain't got a prayer of winning the world championship in Superstock. <laughs> Since that time, he won a division race in Topeka. He won a little race they call the U.S. Nationals. <laughs> Justin Lamb is still the favorite. Team Luke, by the way. He's still in the lead, and he has several races at which to improve. Kevin Helms just has one race left. It's a divisional, but he is improving a second-round loss. And I think he's two rounds behind Justin at this point. He'd probably have to win that division race to seriously think of himself as a world champion uh, in Superstock this season. But at the rate that he's going, you can't bet against that. So he's put himself in position to make you proud, Big Jed. Dude, Helms, and shout out to the Kevin that helped make it all possible. Kevin McKenna actually led me down that path right there. So. <laughs> Yeah, good call. Good, good. I like that. I like that. You tied that in nicely. Like my, that's my Kevin's right there. Yeah, you're professional. Stock Eliminator saw Larry Gilly all the way from California, I believe. I know he's a Division Seven racer. Knocked yes. off uh, Daryl Steger in an incredible heads-up final awesome. at the U.S. Nationals. Gilly had the advantage on the tree by one hundredth of a second. Got outrun by three thousandths of a second. Quick math will tell you that is seven thousandths of a second margin of victory for Larry Gilly. And Jed, I'm just telling you, I think I shared this maybe on like episode triple zero. I think we talked about like our most memorable run down the racetrack or something like that. Mm-hmm. Okay, now I've been in plenty of races that were decided by less than seven thousandths of a second, or in my case, less than four thousandths of a second. And a lot of those, not like all of them, probably not even a majority of them, like when I got there first by whatever the case was, four thousandths of a second. Like, I had a pretty good idea I got there first. Yeah. I won a heads-up race one time by four thousandths of a second, and I'm telling you I could not push the throttle pedal further through the radiator <laughs> and had no idea who got there first because you're not controlling the action. You know what I mean? You're just right. wide open going, I don't know what's going on. 
it was a really cool feeling when that wind light came on. And when that wind light came on for me, it was like second round of the mid South nationals. It wasn't the final round at Indy. <laughs> pretty, pretty cool stuff yeah. for Mr. Gilly. And he had a big trip. I think I had mentioned last week, he also was a semifinalist at the division race at Bowling Green. So a trip across country and obviously acquitted himself extremely well. That's a trip that Mr. Gilly will not soon forget. Yeah, I thought it was really cool. I was watching it play out on uh, Drag Race Central and thought, you know, we could have a heads up final here E stock automatic cars and fast ones at that 1060s is, is stout and E and uh, well, if you qualified into your fast, yeah, these guys qualified. I think 56 and 57, they were really? in thousands within thousands of each other in qualifying. So, and they were geeked up apparently in qualifying that this all they had. So, you know, usually I don't get a kick out of watching cars go 1060 in a quarter, <laughs> but I've watched that race over and over and just think, how cool is that? That both of them, you know, hit the tree fairly well with a lot on the line, knowing that you had to hit it, knowing your opponent's just as fast as you. That would have had to be a really tense moment as the tree was falling. And kudos to Larry and Daryl for really a great, great race. Unfortunately, somebody had to come up short. Yeah, I agree. Obviously, Gilly was spectacular throughout eliminations, but that runner-up, Daryl Steger, he laid down some nasty runs throughout the course of eliminations and stock limiter, highlighted by he knocked off Fletcher in the semis, but he yeah. was double O like I want to say like four of the six rounds leading up to the final. Pretty impressive yeah, stock eliminator, yeah, no doubt. That's a wrap on the, the sportsman results at the big go. But as you mentioned, our buddy Brad Pluard uh, went in comp, and we'll have him on the hotline here in just a little bit you with know, the opportunity to to talk about that. Yeah, looking forward to a little inside baseball there. Yep, I drove a buggy. I think it'll go 640s at 215 mile an hour. And uh, I got to hear it. It's going to be awesome. Unbelievable. (laughs) So now let's move over to the IHRA side and and talk about Carolina just a little bit. Yeah, we will get a little bit more in-depth on this probably next week, certainly within the next two weeks, because as we've mentioned before, this, I believe, was the second to last event on the IHRA schedule with now the the finale coming up at Dragway 42 in two weeks from this weekend, I believe. So at this point, iTray, I don't believe, has updated the points. I don't want to speak out the side of my mouth, and really, I don't want to do a bunch of math and try to figure out what's what. So when that's updated, we will take a little bit deeper dive into what has to happen at Dragway 42 for who to win what and who's got the best shot. But just briefly looking back on Carolina... Big weekend for Nathan Van Beek in Top Sportsman. Got the sweep. And I don't know, again, exactly what that does for his points position. I'm not sure if that puts him in the lead, but that definitely puts him in contention for the Top Sportsman World Championship as well. Yeah, so I'm sure that'll that'll play out here, like you said, in a couple of weeks. And we'll see who's going to get that done. Um, if your name was Corey, things went well for you there in Carolina. Corey Manuel uh, got the win in Quick Rod. Podcast bump to... Um, well, no, I keep saying that, but that wasn't, that's, that's not Corey. That's his brother. So I, I keep messing that up for some reason, but I guess I see Manuel and I just think that's it. But yeah. Corey Taylor uh, was also a winner, got the win in Superstock, made the finals both days there. And uh, Ernie Knight and Dave Marcus Jr. Uh, split the weekend finals in Super Odds. So those guys had good weekends as well. Yeah. And we'll, we'll get, big move points wise as well for our buddy uh, Troy Williams Jr., TWJ. Winner on Saturday's Top Dragster event, semifinalist on Sunday where he was one thou red. I'm not going to say at this point 
the way that I try his points, that doesn't cement his world championship by any means, but I would, I feel very comfortable saying that he is the leader in the clubhouse going to Dragway 42. So big weekend for TWJ. Yeah. T right. Looking good there. So Luke, some bracket racing happened uh, on a large scale as well. Uh, the money tree triple tens over in Farmington, my buddy, Kevin Pollard has a money tree triple tens for the bottom bulbers and the top bulbers. This was the top bulb version at Farmington and was challenged with a little bit of weather. Uh, unfortunately, everybody that was trying to race on the East Coast this weekend was challenged with that. And Kevin and, and the folks at Farmington didn't miss it, unfortunately. Saturday, they got rained out after the third round. So uh, that was a, a split and quit there between the remaining racers. That was supposed to be a Friday, Saturday, Sunday race, three tens. Obviously, triple tens in the name. But they had to change it to two fifteens because Friday just couldn't happen. So that Saturday was a 15K that was split up. And Sunday was another 15K that got completed. And how about Jessica Dean getting a win over a red-hot Chad Axford, by the way. Uh, Chad has been on fire. And Jessica's first win in the big cars since she was a junior dragster racer. She's uh, moved into big cars and gotten her first win in a, a tough field for 15K. Pretty strong right there for Jessica. Yeah, why not make it for 15 grand? If you're going to win, yeah. don't. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. If you're going to win, win. About. Moving on to the center of the country with a quick coverage from Noble, Oklahoma, and the Labor Day landslide. Mark had a note here that Jake Howard provided us with results. Thanks, Jake. And, uh, Appreciate and Jake, Jake. Like to give props to Nick and Larry, Nick Duty, Larry Croft, along with uh, all of the staff at Thunder Valley Crew for the great events that they put on. So uh, shout out to those guys. Those guys are as I've mentioned before, a couple of guys that I am very familiar with, as I'm also very familiar with the Labor Day landslide name. That's what we called our big Labor Day race at Kennedale back in the day when Nick and Larry were running the place. Hmm. Obviously, they have moved on to Noble, took the name with them, and it seems like, uh, for the most part, the stigma attached to that remains. So, big event, Labor Day at Noble, Oklahoma. Yeah, I know one that the racers in that area look forward to every year, and Friday, they got uh, got started out what they call their ghost race, Luke, which uh, you only get reaction time and margin of victory, which had to be a pretty cool deal, where Joe Peters got to win over Kyle Lane. Really neat start out there on Friday. Joe Peters destroyed me in the million-dollar race one year, hmm. and I'm going to exaggerate slightly because I don't remember the numbers, but he went like dead on 484 at like, I'm going to exaggerate, 160. Like, he sprayed the dog out of that thing to go dead on right after I pumped it one time. So, anyway, mm. yeah, kudos to Joe. Don't know if that's the normal game plan. It would probably work pretty good in a ghost race if it is. But uh, congrats to Joe. Win over Kyle Lane. Yeah, really nice start there for Joe's weekend. And uh, Saturday uh, got uh, has showed uh, Scooter Hamlin as the winner in his wife's trucks, what the notes say, Shout out to over, over Jeremy Hook. Uh, Jake Howard won the no box side where they, they run them separate. And then the, the winner of the no box category just slides right in with the box cars. And, uh, he made it to the semifinals of the box race after he was advanced from winning the no box side. So Jake with another strong show in there. How about the season that little scooters having out there? It seems like every time we come yeah. results from Oklahoma or Texas, we're talking about scooter Hamlin. Yep. Scooters having a great year. Uh, another another big win, and luckily his wife let him buy her truck, so you know, it pays to have a, a wife with a good race vehicle, as you know. <laughs> I do, uh, I do. Sunday, uh, Jack Hughes got to win over Perry Como, where the no-box 
winner there was none other than Spencer Massey. I'm sure uh, missing the U.S. Nationals was not something he wanted to do, but he made it pay off with some bracket racing and got the no-box win and advanced to the quarterfinals of the box side before he exited the program. Monday was the wrap-up day, and Tim Guthrie got the win over again Kyle Lane, looked like his second runner-up of the weekend. And our buddy uh, John Moggins was the no-box winner and advanced again to the quarterfinals, went out at seven cars remaining in the box side. So like another great race there at uh, uh, Thunder Valley. Yeah, as I think we've come to expect. Moving on to the, would this be the, the Midwest? It's not really the yeah. Midwest, is it? Yeah, they call it that. I don't know why, but they yeah, do. Yeah, it's really, it's kind of the, I look at it as the North. See, Norwalk, Ohio, I guess you would say is the Midwest, but it's like five hours from Buffalo, and Buffalo is the Northeast. Yeah. So they're right yeah. on that line. But it, This is it, central at best. Yeah, good call. Norwalk's 10 Grand Nationals, the uh, the annual event that draws a bajillion race no. cars every year. I bet it's been 15 years since I've been to Norwalk, but I think they had 600 cars when I was there or close to it. And by all accounts, it was similar to that again this year. And if you've ever been to Norwalk for a race, like Bill Bader don't mess around. Like they, they get stuff done and run cars as fast as anybody runs cars. And there's just so freaking many of them. Like I saw Vic's winter circle picture. It was like 530 in the morning. That's what this is. This is a marathon. It's like a, I think it's 125 or 150 bucks to run three tens. And it just brings people in from out of the woodwork. They pack that place, which obviously the facility can hold it. But Friday's 10 grand winner, as I mentioned, our buddy, big Vic, why is COVID? Yeah. Vic Ellinger getting the win in his sporty little Volvo, laid down 18 total in the final to knock off Stephen Schmidt, who is another familiar name in the winter circle in that area and at Norwalk in particular. Yeah, no doubt. Great job by Vic there. Another another big win for him. He takes that Volvo to a lot of final rounds. It's great to see Vic get the win. He's truly one of the good guys in the sport. Saturday brought another $10,000 to win race, and the winner there was Cameron Atkins getting the win over Justin Clark. And, you know, I noticed this is eighth mile times, Luke. I didn't realize they run that on the eighth mile. Maybe that was a decision for this event only, but I thought this was a quarter mile event. Yeah, no, I believe that they've taken their bigger events for the most part and shortened them to eighth mile just for the time savings over anything else. Yeah. This race in particular has been eighth mile for for a few years now. Makes sense. And Sunday's uh, 10 grander wrapped up with the winner being Bobby Tingler, which would be a... Very close to a top 10 name if it didn't make it. Tingler, I like that. And this name's top 10, and the racer's a top 10. Chris Bear got the runner up there. That's the tree just a smudge and come up a little short. But uh, Chris, another big money final round in that area of the country where he's won so, so much, especially at Norwalk. Yeah, All-American yeah. Race Cars final, by the way. Shout out, Travis Glenn. Oh, oh yeah. So we'll move south. This one's easy. This is in the southeast. We know where Montgomery is, where they had uh, four $15,000 to win races with guaranteed purse, Luke. Not um, one. Not two. Not three. Four. Four 15-granders, 100 miles from home, and I didn't make it to any of them. That's a a shame, but just got so much going on. Just really hard to work it all in. Uh, I stayed around the house, and looks like I should have. These racers are way better than me anyway. We're... Friday, uh, 15K started out with Casey Prince, Southern Truck Parts racer there, getting the win over my buddy and uh, one of the best bottom bulbers in this part of the country, Thomas Holly. Thomas put the box in, racing a little top bulb, 
Got him a runner-up in a 15K. Really nice win for him there. Friday's no-box winner was Jacob Rutledge, which is the uh, Georgia representative in the All-State Challenge coming up this weekend. Got to win over our main man, Bug McCarty. Bug taking uh, the, the familiar blue Camaro there to the final round. It's another Georgia representative in the All-State Challenge, is it not? Bug? I think I he's know. a utility driver. He should be. I believe he is. It was a, kind of a Georgia show out here as I looked down the results. Uh, Saturday's box 15 grand winner was Stephen McCrory. I believe that's Team Georgia captain. Yeah, it is. Champ getting the win, uh, a bit of a sentimental win from what I gathered. Uh, Champ winning in the old fire chicken, which uh, the way that he told the story, I believe, was the car that his dad first took to the racetrack. Yeah. Um, so very cool personally for Champ, and I think very cool for all of us to see uh, what a low seven-second car win 15 grand so very cool champ looked like he was a murderer's row on a tree all day knocked out his good buddy fellow georgia racer that seems to be a trend charlie hardy in the in that yep. final round yeah i think champ was going 740s or something and charlie's going 670s so cool to see what is today some of the slower cars out there still competing and getting it done which great drivers in both of those cars so no surprise there no box winner luke was old woody adcock and if you a podcast listener from way back. You've heard the story of me passing Tech in Gainesville and the Super Stalker. Well, that Super Stalker belonged to none other than Woody Adcock. So good to see uh, Wood getting it done there in the no-box category. And for the second day in a row, the runner-up was none other than Bug McCarty. Again, another all-Georgia final there. And the junior dragster category was K.C. Pesnell, which is our neighbor. He lives about a mile up the road, great friend of ours, and uh, great to see K.C., continuing his hot streak this kid has got a lot of talent luke you're gonna hear a lot about him as he progresses into big cars and he beat his best friend brady fomby in the final brady a very very talented young man as well so very talented final round there in in junior dragsters and i know we'll hear those names a lot more coming up sunday was the third of the 15 granders and that super pro winner was tj tindall Got his $15,000 win. TJ uh, drives pro mods. He uh, drives dragsters. He's in a little bit of everything. So great job by TJ getting back into the bracket racing routes. And he beat uh, a guy we're familiar with, Matt Weston from North Carolina. Matt, a guy that dominates uh, Super Street a lot around the southeastern part of the country. And uh, took his throttle stop off, I'm assuming, and Come out and got him a 15K runner-up, which is a really good deal for him. Yeah, another young man that is on his way to Memphis via Montgomery to represent North Carolina in the All-State Challenge. Yep. And uh, the no-box winner for Sunday was Alan Long. And another Georgia racer got the win over a fellow Georgia racer, Schaefer Suggs. So Georgia did just dominate things big time and. A junior dragster saw Matty Malone get the win over Caden Pruitt, which uh, everybody knows who Kevin Pruitt is. Now, Caden is uh, Kevin's son, so he's continuing on with the family winning ways there. Great job by Matty Malone getting that junior win. Very cool. cool. I'm just glancing over the results here. That no-box winner, Alan Long, hometown ball ground. (laughs) Yeah, that'd be a top-ten city. Ball ground, you better be able to swap feet, huh? (laughs) Yeah, you better be tough if you live in ball ground. (laughs) And uh, Monday wrapped it up, Luke, with uh, it was their final points day as well. $15,000 on the line on Labor Day, and Chris Rowe got the Labor Day win. 
Florida racer beating Jake Clayton from Uldawa, Tennessee, which is right around Chattanooga. And uh, Jake, another uh, young, aspiring, very talented racer that you're going to be hearing a lot about in the not-too-distant yeah. future. Jake was down to nine cars, I believe, in the million-dollar race last year and was also the award winner for the youngest entrant in the million. Yeah, talented, talented young racer there. Uh, junior dragster saw our buddy Casey Pesnell get it done again over Jordan Prince. Great job, Casey and Jordan. And then, Luke, uh, they take the top 32 uh, points getters and they put them in a shootout for an entry into the million. Also known and, as the champ benefit race, correct? <laughs> yeah, the champ benefit. He's won it a few times and champ got it done. Stephen McCrory getting a win and an entry to the million over Tut Turrentine, which uh, another guy that's won a ton around this part of the country. So great event there. I think, uh, I think those guys had somewhere upwards of 150 or so good. in the race. So, uh, worked out good for them and, uh, put on a good race and, Congratulations to all those winners. Uh, from Ohio, we went to Alabama. We're going to go back to Ohio for the Kill Care No Box Classic. This was supposed to be like two fives and a ten. Is that right? Yeah, uh, two, a fat five on Friday, a ten on Saturday, and a fat five on Sunday. Mm -hmm. Put on by uh, Loose Rocker Promotions, our buddies Michael Beard and Anthony Walton, which put on several races a year now and do a wonderful job. Uh, Luke, they had, uh, they saw rain coming obviously, uh, prior to Friday's action. So they went ahead and made an early call, which was a great call by them to postpone or move Friday's purse into Saturday's action was just going to make it to 10 K's cause they knew they couldn't race Friday. Well, Saturday, um, the rain extended into that day and it kind of caught them off guard. So they just contested both races on Sunday Had 156 in the first 133 in the second for just one day and, and folks having to deal with weather and all that, just a really, really good car count and a great race. They have a one-time trial. I think it was around 10 or 11 a.m. and got both races completed by 9 o'clock Sunday night. Two 10-granders with, you know, average 140-some-odd cars. So great job by Loose Rocker and the folks at Kill Care again. And the first 10K was uh, our buddy Slick Rick Bear. Uh, the Tennessee representative, uh, I think they've moved Rick around a little bit. Is he now a stock super stock, I believe? Okay. I'm not real sure. Yeah, that's a good, good question. And I think they moved him around. He was bottom ball, but I think they moved him around a little bit. He can go anywhere. He's capable of racing any class. Got to win over. Um, that's not accurate, Jed. Put him in top ball dragster. What are you going to do there? Yeah, that's true. His Camaro wouldn't fit well on top of the <laughs> He got the win over second place in the next big thing, Edmund Ellison. Uh, Edmund, talented young racer from Ohio. Uh, great job by those guys. In the second 10K, I uh, saw another couple of guys that's very familiar with Winter Circle, especially in that part of the country, Jack Spivey. Jack has been doing it for quite a while. He's a veteran in the sport, and uh, I got firsthand knowledge of how good he is. He cracked me and still at Brandon Taylor's race earlier this year. Talented guy, still got it, and uh, he got the win over our good buddy Matt Obertanik. Matt taking the Jeep to another final round. He's he's probably the hottest runner-up racer in the country right now. He is running up like crazy, but... Matt and the Castings, right? Yeah, if you're going to go out, that's the round you want to go out <laughs> good in. Good point, good point. <laughs> so, great job again by Matt. Has 
have there been we've talked about a lot of big dollar foot brake races or, or bottom I should say that big dollar bottom ball braces over the course of this year on the podcast. I don't mm-hmm. remember many where we haven't talked about Rick Bear and Matt Obertanic. <laughs> yeah. Guys, uh, man. If those guys show up, they're making noise. Now Matt goes to every big money bottom ball race in the country. I mean, I don't guess I don't guess it matters where it is. And I don't guess at his job, you have to really ask. I guess you just tell him whatever it is he does for a living. That's a good gig if you can get it. Not bad at all. And uh, he goes to all of them and for good reason because he's he's a likely candidate to turn on the last wind light every time he's there. So another great performance by those guys. Look forward to seeing Slick Rick doing his thing in Memphis this weekend. Yeah, for sure. All right, before we get to Brad Plourd and the big interview, Let's touch base a little bit on some of our sponsors. First off, Racing RVs. Those of you that are listening to the podcast for a while know that Joe Fisher at Racing RVs and myself have kind of teamed up over the last several years to um, display RVs, a handful of them a year. We take them on the road. We display them at the races. We try to tell people about them. We sell them. The unit that I've got right now that we had at the U.S. Nationals that I'm taking to Memphis this weekend for the All-State Challenge and the Great American Bracket Race is the nicest unit that we've used. It's also the most expensive. Those tend to go hand in hand. This is a 2007 33-foot Hallmark four-slide twin screw built on a Coronado chassis with a uh, 515-horsepower engine. It's bad. It's got 47,000 miles on it since new leveling jacks. Full automatic transmission, 12.5 on-and generator uh, with about 360 hours on it. I probably got a little bit more than that on it now. After the weekend at Indy, we'll call it 400. Propane water heater, 2,000 inverter, bunch of fresh water, two airs, 19-foot Gerard awning, backup camera on down the line. Great floor plan, open, five separate sleeping areas, sleeps 10. I'm telling you, the bedroom in this thing is bigger than Gary's bedroom at my house. Heated tile, carpet floor, Ultra leather, Corian countertops, you name it, this thing's got it. Double sink in the kitchen, um, four slides, like it's awesome. Extremely nice, one owner unit. Price is $209,900, but as with every unit on the lot, Racing RVs does have finance options. They take trades and they offer nationwide delivery. If you would like to learn more, check it out at racingrvs.com or give Joe a call. Again, that's Joe Fisher at 419-236-1328. Luke, I've I've toyed with it a little bit, but as you were describing, I went ahead and made the decision. Just go ahead and take it out of this month's podcast paycheck, and I'll take it. Uh, Okay. Well, I'll just. uh, We might have to crunch some numbers there, but we'll work on that. Sounds good. (laughs) In addition to racing RVs, this week's podcast is presented in part by This Is Bracket Racing Elite. This is Bracket Racing Elite is an exclusive group of racers with whom I work individually on all facets of drag racing. Last week on the show, I shared a message from one of our This is Bracket Racing Elite members. I'm going to share that again just to because I I don't want you guys to take my word for it. I, I want you to hear it from members. And you can see the Ask Me About This is Bracket Racing Elite decals at tracks all across the country. Those are our members. Ask them about Elite. Tell Get their true thoughts on what they think about it. But again, this from one of our members, and I quote, When I joined Elite, I didn't realize how lost I actually was. Being in the group is showing me many things on and off the track. Thanks for sharing your vast knowledge of our sport. As I've said here before, 
I attribute a lot of my personal success to This Is Bracket Racing Elite, and our members have been killing it on the racetrack as well. To learn more, check it out at thisisbracketracing.com. The link for Elite is on the right side of the page. You can see exactly what's a, what Elite is all about and all of the features that are included within it. All right, guys, as promised, joining us now is a 20-time NHRA national event winner who has won in five different categories. He is now a three-time U.S. Nationals winner in three different categories. He's a many-time Big Buck Bracket Race winner. He's one of the top 17 footbreakers at the Good Time Bailington Drag Strip. (laughs) He's a member of the Alabama Slammers All-State Challenge team and the most recent Comp Eliminator, U.S. Nationals champion. Please welcome Bad Brad Pluard to the hotline. Brad, what's going on, bud? What's up, guys? How you doing? Oh, man, we couldn't be better. Hope the same for you. That's got uh, to be the best introduction you've ever had for anything in your life, Brad. That was, oh, that was typing it out. I, as I was typing it out, I was like, oh, you just nailed that. <laughs> <laughs> Would not expect anything less from Big Jed. Top 17, baby. it's an honor brad let's start our our series of questions with the most obvious how did you come to drive a double a altered methanol is that the correct class that is correct blown altered in competition eliminator at the u.s nationals well in probably march mid-march i got a call from a calgary alberta number and i just nah didn't answer it they called again same day Nah, I ain't. I mean, I don't know anybody in Calgary. Third time within about two hours, I said, well, I guess I'll just see who this is. And it was the tuner of the car. His name's Sean Brown. He works with Les Davenport. They know of my dad pretty good. They've helped my dad with some tuning stuff. And when my dad used to run blown alcohol stuff. So they, their previous driver, Rodney Rosenstyle, they just kind of decided it was best for him to step back and uh, let somebody else get in the car. So they offered me the ride, and I said, yes, but let me ask my wife. (laughs) (laughs) So for about four days, I figured out a good uh, strategy to talk to her and ask her, how am I going to get her to let me drive this thing? Because I knew the potential of the car. I've watched it for years. It's very fast. It goes down the track. It goes halfway straight for an altered well, actually, it goes really straight for an altered, but that was kind of how it started. It's all um, relative, right? <laughs> yeah. Oh, it's a perfectly straight run for an altered. <laughs> so we talked and I talked to my wife, Katie, and, and she at first was a little skeptical, but within a few minutes, she was she was okay with it. I went down and met those guys. The Sean from Calgary flew down to meet me in Pensacola where the owner lives in Florida. And I drove down and we spent the weekend together. I sat in the car, fired it up, just kind of got to know each other. And a few weeks later, we went to Montgomery and tested. And for a variety of reasons, we weren't able to get back out until Bowling Green. And here we are. And just to give our listeners a better indication of what it is you were tackling this weekend in Bowling Green as well. This is a 125-inch wheelbase, correct? Yes. Center steer altered with a blown Hemi. Yep. I know you started the event with an index of 704, so to be competitive, you have to go 640s at 
plus miles an hour, correct? Yep. Mm-hmm. What are we working with, like transmission wise? Like what all? That this ain't your typical uh, bottom bulb unit. Like what all you got to do? With no, this it's a funny car chassis basically. Mm-hmm. So and like you say, it's got a very small blown Hemi. It's the same heads that you'd have in top alcohol dragster, funny car, whatever. But it's only a three hundred eighty inch short stroke high RPM. Your typical comp setup. And then the transmission is a Linko drive, so it's got it's got a normal Linko transmission, but it allows you to use a converter and a trans brake. So basically, everything's the same. You uh, the hardest part of the whole deal is getting it into forward and reverse, or vice versa. You have to you see on like the pro mod guys, they're they're always bumping them and trying. You know, they're they're actually hitting the trans brake button. I'm not talking when they're staging, but like even to get it in reverse. You got to bump the trans brake button to stop the tranny to get the gears to line up to where it'll go into reverse. It's, it's very, I'm getting a lot better at it. It's a feel thing. And then you back it up, you know, you put it back in low gear or you put it forward and then you, you pull the shifter cause you do your burnout high gear and you pull the shifter back into low and, and then you just let go on the bottom bulb. You got to see, you got to see some color. <laughs> not hitting the flash brad you've got to uh you got to have a little bit of a delay built in and you can't crush it but you it's a funny class because i've never been in the position where like just take for instance first round we had a guy he was like 46 under all out and we ran 67 under so we had him by two tenths but you don't want to i mean it's an easy win on paper but you could really mess up and go 150 on the tree because oh i don't want to go red but you know and then you still got to take a, a decent stripe letting off and catch him and and we were able to do that and it's just it's just part of the deal comp is extremely hard it's a lot harder than i ever thought it was when you have a fast car yeah well brad you're you're letting the listeners in on it a little bit i was playing golf yesterday with nick ross and you know we we're checking the phone and, and of course he's been watching you throughout the weekend as have i and and he just said, you know, I just can't understand this comp stuff. I mean, yeah. I, I just don't get it. So, and I know a lot of people are like that. So for our yeah. listener who is unfamiliar with the class, tell us the short version, if you can, a little bit about the class in general and maybe the advantages or disadvantages of competing in the car that you were in. Mm-hmm. There's a national index for every class and those indexes are adjusted constantly as based off of the performance of certain cars in that class basically a good running comp nowadays is 60 under which is six tenths under so my index was 704 we qualified with a 637 which was 66.9 under that's all great in qualifying you can go as fast as you want you come into eliminations if you go over 510 under well if you go 51 with a zero under and get the win the next round, my index would have been a 703. So there's no breakout. You can run it out, but if you want to beat them by as little as you can because you don't want to, if you go out there and go 65 under, the next round you're down 1,500. So from my 704, I'm a 689. And that just, you know, you leave later, you can't run as quickly underneath your index, and it, it makes it really hard. We were very fortunate to escaped the first three rounds only down two hundreds and that was the probably the key to the whole race. 
Yeah, now, like you alluded to, like there's no breakout, so taking too much finish line running too fast doesn't cost you that round, but it can certainly cost you the opportunity to win the race, as that index Correct. gets adjusted going forward. And the second part of Jed's question, like the advantages and disadvantages of running the car that you were running in Comp Eliminator. Obviously, the advantages, you're chasing everybody. It's a fast car for the class. It's got a lot more potential than we showed. You know, it's one of those deals where we can we can make changes to the car where a carbureted car cannot. They're maxed out every run, and we've got things that we can do. Like a top fuel car, kind of. You can change blower pulleys. You can change timing. You can pull less timing. You can add timing. You can change the main jet. And there's just infinite ways to pick the thing up, but you also have to play the track. So there's disadvantages as well. You know, it's a fast car. So you got to, you know, rely on a good track and, and you have to tune it a lot more. And that's why we're thankful to have Sean Brown come with us because he obviously has the thing figured out. No doubt. He just put that on display this weekend. A little inside baseball here, and you alluded to it a little bit earlier. But this thing goes four O's to the eighth, right? Like, didn't you tell mm-hmm. me you went between 407 and 411 every run or somewhere in that range? Yep. Okay. Like a sub one second 60 foot? 966, I think, was our best. <laughs> okay. <laughs> For our listeners not familiar, like you can't just put a bunch in the delay box and comp eliminator. How the hell are you hitting the bottom <laughs> in a car that goes sub one seconds to 60 foot? By the way, I saw this question on the show notes, and I was wondering if he was going to ask it like that. Maybe. <laughs> <laughs> well, like I said, you just practice. There's some ways we can slow the thing down, launch RPM, tire pressure, you know, the normal things, but you still got to see it, you know, and it, it showed on my second round when I Bob Bailey broke after the burnout and I must've just forgot, like, I don't know what I did. And I, I let go and it was green and I thought, okay, sweet. You know, and, uh, I get the slip and I was 14 red and I was really bummed. Cause then I have like 15 hours to think about it. I had been pretty much thirties and forties and that's where I was really focused on being just make them beat you. And you just got to see a lot of color and, not too much of it, I guess. It's hard to it's hard to explain. <laughs> as uh, as my buddy Gary Williams once said, you gotta let it warm up a little. Yeah, it was warming <laughs> up just a little bit. Sure, it is. Brad, take us through the event. What would you consider your big break or your lucky round, if you will? Or and what round were you the man? What round did you go? Oh yeah, I, I just did exactly what I wanted to do there. First round. If you watch comp and follow it a lot, you see the higher qualified car. They should have an easy round, right? Well, a lot of times they'll back off on the tree and they end up taking four or five hundreds for the next round, going 55 under with a bad light. I was really proud of the run we made first round. I was very nervous all night. Katie couldn't even stand to be around me. I was more nervous than, I don't know why, but I was more nervous than probably have ever been in my life. I knew the opportunity was there and I just had to execute and I did not want to take any index to second round. So that was a really, really well executed run by both me and the team. And then of course, second round when Bob Bailey, his uh, transmission linkage fell off. I mean, how often does that happen? And you, you get to third round with no index. It's just unheard of. So 
the first two rounds really set us up really, really nice. All right, Brad, at this point, three-time Indy winner, three different categories, Super Comp, Stock Eliminator, Competition Eliminator. And correct me if I'm wrong here, but I think, I think I'm right, I think that you kind of ruined your streak when you won Indy in this car because, like, you drove it at Bowling Green the week before. The two previous cars, <laughs> like, you had never set in prior to the U.S. Nationals. Is that right? Yeah, that's true. <laughs> that's true. That's obviously really impressive. Like, to win Indy three different times, unbelievable. Like, not too many people have done that. To win it in three different classes, I'm not sure anybody's done that. Well, Lewis Bloom called uh, about an hour ago, and he told me that I think I made the fourth person to be in three classes. It was... Let me guess, Peter. He did some quick... Peter, Scotty, is it Ohio George Montgomery? From like the 50s. I don't even know what classes, but... And then me. <laughs> You're in pretty good company there, Brad. Yeah. Yeah. yeah Scotty's pretty good. <laughs> Peter's decent at times. He's won a couple races, so... <laughs> to, to my question, like, what do you attribute that to? Obviously, there is a, an unbelievable amount of like natural ability and, and then the ability to just hop in anything and drive it to not only like you didn't win a few rounds, you didn't win a race, you won the race. Yeah. What, how can you explain that? I've been to a lot of indies and I didn't do so good, <laughs> which like we all have the hopping in the cars. I think, you know, it's just one of them things where you just kind of, you're not used to everything and, and maybe some things are just kind of secondary on your mind where usually if you're in a car that you're in every week, it's you're worrying about every little detail that this car does or whatnot. But if you kind of hop in a new car, you don't really know the ins and outs of it. And you're just driving. You're just like in the final, we were really, really rushed. We pulled up to the lanes and they were saying, go, go, go. And, you know, and I don't know if you watched it on TV or whatnot, but the fellow we raced was doing his burnout and we hadn't even started our car. But I did my burnout backed up and it was just, there was no nerves, no nothing. I don't even remember being nervous, being once I get on the car, in the car, it was just everything was was just happy and saw his red light, let go, shut off. You never know with an altered, so it could have turned left and hit the wall. I didn't want to do that. It's a good yeah, point. Good Most call. people see the red light and assume we have won. At that point, there was really no assumption in your case. You didn't have to get to the work to do. <laughs> there, there was some fake news posted that I left in the wrong gear, but that was definitely fake. I I saw the red light, let go of the third bulb, and uh, and that was it. And enjoyed my coast down the track. Yeah, that's a that's a good feeling there. Yep. It would have been cooler if I would have just let off the throttle and never moved and then just like got out and just like, you know, <laughs> <laughs> that would have been a pretty quick, quick catch. Would you have a second and a half spot or so? Yeah. <laughs> well, usually I block the other side of the tree, but I don't have that set up in this car yet. So if I was in a normal car, I would have never known he went red until I left. Right. So this one, I actually physically saw it because I'm looking at my third yellow and I can see his red light. So it was a, it was a good feeling. And and the crew guys were yelling at me, red, red, red. So <laughs> let out. <laughs> yeah. Yes. So quit. So Brad, you're, you're one for one in national events and comp eliminator. We going to see you there a little more or just a one time thing. I'm going to say probably done for the year, but for sure. we'll hit it in Florida next year at the beginning of the year. Gainesville will be an in Indy hundred cool. percent. They don't miss Indy. Harry's been coming <laughs> since 74. So. 
Awesome. You think he's going to invite you back next year? I, I think so. <laughs> um, I hope so. Safe bet. <laughs> yeah. You, you might have bought yourself a little equity there, Brad. Not yeah, I hope so. <laughs> Brad, I mean, you have tested pro mods for people. Now you're driving this 200 mile per hour buggy. I mean, you've done a little bit of everything. I know at one time you licensed in pro stock. Life's changed for you quite a bit over the last few years. You got married, you got Paxton. Are there any aspirations to to continue on to the next level and run the pro ranks? Not really. The right situation would have to come. And then it would have to be like a, I'd probably have to think about what to say to Katie for about a month. It'd have to be perfect. <laughs> I, I, Given I our think... past, I think I could help you write that email. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Inside joke. Yeah. I would love to, but. I'm 35. It ain't happening. I, I enjoy what I'm doing. I'm very fortunate to have the help I do. Obviously, Lucas Oil, Hoosier, Huntsville Engine, BTE, Quick Fuel. Everyone that helps makes it easy for us to do what we do. And it's just a fun ride. Drag racing is up and down. And it's it's been down for a while. And the last six weeks have been real, real good. So Yes, they have. That's awesome. At this point, Brad, national event wins in five separate categories now with the competition eliminator win adds to super stock, super comp, super gas. And if I'm not mistaken, you've been close in super street. You're a runner up, right? Twice. Twice a runner up two, in super street. Two thou behind in my buddy Brett Murphy's car in Atlanta. Just kind of goofed up the finish line. And then I came back in old red, the twin to Jared's car. Identical. <laughs> if you guys have seen it, it's probably easy to mistake, but I, I flat choked in the final against Matt West, and I think I was 40, and he dominated me. So I would assume that it is a goal for you to join that group with six, which, if I'm not mistaken, includes Justin Lamb, Dan Fletcher, Peter Biondo. Jag has won in seven different categories. Is that accurate? Mm-hmm. Yep. Big goal? Yep. Oh, yeah. Yeah, for sure. Super Street, presumably, next? That's the easiest for me, not competition-wise, but right. I have a car that, that's capable of running Super Street. I don't have a top dragster. I don't have a top sportsman car. So, yeah, Super Street will be my next goal. Uh, and, and there's just not many opportunities. that We got Atlanta. If I could convince my wife to let me go on the Western Swing, I think they have that at all three. They did but, this uh, year, right? Oh, okay. Yeah, maybe not next year, but... At least two of them, so it would make it worth it. But I, I can only haul one car, so it's uh be hard to travel all that way again. Right, right. All right, we usually close up these interviews, Brad, with a little bit of rapid fire. Not always okay. racing-related. Quick questions meant for quick, you know, maybe even one-word responses. You up for it? Okay, yeah. Right, we tend to get a little off the rails here. You up for it? All right, let's all right. go for it. All right, I'll keep it simple at first. Favorite car that you've ever driven? My 66 Nova. I had a feeling we were going that way. Yeah. Yeah, I thought, thought we'd hear that. It's another question down the line because of that. But, Brad, you do them all. You, you race, obviously, about every class and every style you can. Would you rather top bulb or bottom bulb? Foot brake is my favorite. Yep. I love you, Brad Plourd. <laughs> you used um, to be a foot breaker. <laughs> still am. I just, I still am. I just think at it. <laughs> <laughs> obviously this is coming on the heels of winning in a in a non-traditional car at least to you but i've seen you drive some pretty crazy stuff in the past 
I'm curious, oddest car that you've ever won in on, on any level? Gosh. And I'm hoping there's a story. <laughs> Man, honestly, I mean, the buggy's got to be right up there. I figured it had um, <laughs> It's. I yeah. can't really think of a of an odder car than a blown altered. Yeah, that might have been, not been the greatest <laughs> question on my basket call. <laughs> It was a great question, just odd timing. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Brad, you may have to think about this one while I'll take all the time you need. Can your Chevy 2 be bought? No. <laughs> okay. Don't want to think on that just, overnight, get back just to check. it? I've uh, been asked several times, was asked this weekend for, as a matter of fact, it's it's just not for sale. It's my baby. She, sweet peas, bud. She's been with me for a long time, and... uh She's going to be Paxton's first ride down the track, I hope. Awesome. I like it. All right. Uh, last question. If you had to choose, let's throw Indy out of the equation because Indy is, a, is an event unto itself. But like a, mm-hmm. a regular national event win. Like pick any other national event. Let's throw Seattle out too because I know that means a lot to you. Okay. <laughs> any other national event win, non-Indy, non-Seattle, or the Zags win the national championship. Ooh, mm, that's a good <laughs> question. <laughs> oh, God. I'll go Zags. Yeah, I was about to say, you got 20 of them things. Zags. Yeah. Right. Yeah, Zags for sure. All right, awesome. I, I was heartbroken in the in the championship, but they gave it their all. It was a good game. I have a feeling I was glad to be a part of it. They probably will at some point. Very cool. All right, cool. Bradley, we'll let you go, man. Thank you for coming on with us and uh, telling us a little bit about uh, that wild experience. It was fun to watch, man, and uh, always rooting for you. But uh, happy for you and look forward to seeing you this weekend in Memphis. All right. Thanks, guys. See you there. All right, bud. See you Thursday. Okay, see ya. All right, Luke, it's that time in the show again where we uh, have our final thought. And uh, we, this week, we want to focus our final thoughts on the All-State Challenge coming up this weekend at Memphis International Raceway. We've been talking about it for 10 months, Jed. It's this weekend. <laughs> Are you fired up? I am fired up, man. It's, it's going to be awesome to watch it play out. You know, it, it, there's a little, a little something extra in there for me, and I'm sure for you too, since it was really your idea that spawned everything here. So it's got to feel pretty cool for you, but it, it's going to be fun to watch it play out. It will be neat to see all this come to fruition because really we were just looking for a way to stir things up, stir the pot a little bit, get people talking, yep. get some attention for the podcast. And uh, we probably got way more attention than we bargained for when we wrote this <laughs> yeah, out in December. More than I did. <laughs> yeah, but we had a lot of fun kind of debating it back and forth. But this weekend is when we're going to put all of the debate to rest. We're actually going to see it play out on the racetrack. We're going to see which state is the baddest of them all, at least in 2017, at least in yep. one weekend at, at Memphis International Raceway. I know there's been some uh, some turnover, some updates. Some people can't make it for whatever reason, getting new team members. Illinois is not immune to that. Our stock super stock representative was Nick Folk. Nick, as we have talked about repeatedly on the podcast, is mired in the NHRA Super Comp points chase trying to defend his world championship. So that's going to take him to Earlville, Iowa this weekend. Brian's still going to be in the house. Brian is coming to Memphis. He'll be our top bulb dragster representative for Team Illinois. And while... I guess you're never really going to replace Nick Folk. Like, I don't want to diminish his talent, his ability at all. We have a more than capable 
representative to take his spot in the stock super stock portion of the Allstate, and that is Kyle Riley. Super excited to uh, have Kyle join Team Illinois. Kyle informed me at Indy that he has not staged in about a year, so that I think just means that he's saving up wind lights for the Allstate. Very, very talented racer. I lost to Kyle. Uh, it's been like 20 years ago now, but I distinctly remember losing to Kyle because he was in an E-front stock automatic something dialed like 1540 and whipped me and he whipped everybody like he was really good in that thing he's really good in everything that he drives i'm super excited to have kyle join team illinois and y'all look out man team illinois for real oh yeah there's no doubt about it you guys got a great team and we're going to enjoy beating you on the racetrack and talking crap off of it so hey, you got team alabama some to get some big jet you got to bring some <laughs> get some my Alabama Slammers also having a, a little bit of change there. Um, was unfortunately told by Timmy Smith that he's not going to be able to make it. So we're replacing Timmy Smith with a uh, former IHRA bracket world champion in Alan Wickle, which is from the southern end of our state, which I took a lot of abuse for not picking people from the southern end of the state. There's a lot of talent down there, and I apologize to those guys. So this gave me a chance to reset it and make up for it, and Alan's going to represent us very well. And the top bulb dragster. Yeah, you, know, you got to get uh, a little bit of L.A. on your team there. Yeah, yeah, we need some. Those guys, they'll be there with Wade White and Wade be you know, going straight Creole on us and cooking all the good eats. So this is going to be an awesome time. Our guest just now, Brad Plourd, will be there. He is in our 890 slot. We didn't have a comp eliminator class for him to race his 200-mile-per-hour buggy, so we had to put him in 890. Yeah, I think and, if you told anybody else there that they had to compete with Brad and Comp Eliminator in a buggy, that we just hand him the trophy. <laughs> Brad's your all-state Comp Eliminator champion. <laughs> and there's some real all-stars in our sport, Luke, that's going to be there competing, and bunches of them, not to single out any or leave anybody out. But Kevin Brandon's going to be there. Dan Fletcher's going to be there. There's more guys coming had a lot of success on the racetrack. Yeah, it seems like everybody that I talk to, whether it via phone or, or in person up at the U.S. Nationals, like everybody's coming to Memphis. Like you said, Brad's coming, KB's coming, Dan Fletcher's coming, Zazko's coming. I talked to Brad Zaskowski last week. He's coming to Memphis. Big E, who his show don't get on the road a whole lot anymore. I mean, he's runner up at Indy. But uh, Big E and all the Richardson boys are coming on down the line. It's going to be so awesome. And, Jed, I know that you're real proud of your Team Alabama team, right? And you guys yes, have a lot of talent, just like we do in Illinois. Yes. Like I said, yes, you've got to bring some to get some. Where I think you were just outmatched, like Jess has taken over. See, we've Team Illinois, you, you remember like Little League, you had, you had Team Mom, like they'd bring the drinks, you know, they'd get everybody taken yeah. care of. Jess is Team Mom, right? Illinois, Team Mom. Jess has been baking cookies today, Team Illinois. She has ordered mm. t-shirts, all right? We're going to be styling. We Ooh. may not win. We're going to look good. We would have probably been best appearing to begin with. Andrew DiPiazza is on our team, okay? But we're <laughs> yes. going to be in matching shirts just to put it oh, right wow. over the top. So bring it on, right? Illinois, not only have we got talent, team mom in the house. Well, man, that's awesome. Um, you guys have plenty of time to look at those shirts and eat those cookies when we <laughs> bust your head open on the racetrack. <laughs> team Alabama, we ain't all about all that. We don't, we don't have shirts. We don't have cookies. We're bringing some chicken wings, and we're bringing some sausage, and we're bringing some ribs. We're going to eat good. And we're going cash checks and crack necks. Yeah, it's going to be a great time. We're just about out of bubble gum. So. 
right, guys. It'll be fun, wrap up episode 42. Thank you to our sponsors. This is Bracket Racing Elite, Seabird Performance Racing RVs. As always, thank you to PJ North. All the tunes that you hear on the show come courtesy of PJ. You can find him on iTunes. Thanks to our assistant, Mark Romeo, for his help. If you've got ideas for the show, message us on the Sportsman Drag Racing Podcast Facebook page or contact Mark directly on Facebook. Thanks as well to Brad Plord. Congrats to Brad on his competition eliminator win at Indy, and thank you, Bradley, for joining us on the show. Once again, the Sportsman Drag Racing Podcast is coming to you every week of the calendar year. This is episode 42. Can you believe we've done this 43 times, Big Jed? I really can't. It's better every time. We should be so much better by now. But uh, we are bringing this to you every single week, so be sure to tune in. These episodes typically hit your server Wednesday around noontime. Yeah, and guys, uh, be sure to find us where you find your podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Stitcher. We're on all of those uh, major apps and sites. So check us out. Find us by looking up the Sportsman Drag Racing Podcast with Luke and Jed. I'm getting asked more and more by people, how do I find it or how do I watch y'all's podcast? What they say, well, we're smarter than that. We're not going to make you look at us. Uh, listening to us is bad enough. So it is audio only, but go to those sites, one of them where you find your podcast and subscribe. When you hit subscribe to the Sportsman Drag Racing Podcast with Luke and Jed, you're the first to know on your little purple app that there's a new podcast up and you're ready to listen to it right away. Make sure you tell your friends. Again, the show's growing and uh, we know that's through you, the listener, and get your track involved. We want your track playing the Sportsman Drag Racing Podcast as much as they can on the airways when they need a little filler for people to have something to listen to. And let us know that your track's doing it, and we want to give you a shout-out here on the podcast. And be sure to join our Facebook community, that's Sportsman Drag Racing Podcast on Facebook. Touch base with us there, or touch base with us on Twitter. Luke is at Luke Bogacki, B-O-G-A-C-K-I, and I am at JP11X. We love to hear your feedback through Facebook or Twitter, so be sure to hit us up and tag us and make sure we know what you're saying about the Sportsman Drag Racing Podcast. Big Jed, that's a wrap. I will see you in a couple of days in Memphis. Go, Illinois. Looking forward to it, Luke. We'll see you there. Go slam us. Banging on the door. Bump, bump, bump until I get in it. Attitude like I am already winning it. Foot breaking in anything. Bottom bobbing for a 10. I'm rolling in the cutty. Switching feet like Jerry Pennington. I was in my truck. Secret performance, who's hot? In addition to building quality race engines, 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 yeah. So we'll, we'll we'll just scratch that one. I'm sure this will make the blooper list. So. You want to go to motors? Is that easy? <laughs> <laughs> I hate you. Enrollment in This Is Bracket Racing Elite is now open. You've heard me discuss, or at least reference, This Is Bracket Racing Elite. It is the premier offering of our website, thisisbracketracing.com. Elite is a membership community designed specifically to help you get from where you are today as a racer to who you want to be as a racer. Led by knowledgeable professionals, Justin Lamb and myself are longtime instructors and we bring in a host of guests, racers that you know, racers that you respect, led by knowledgeable instructors and surrounded by supportive peers that are ultimately striving for the same goal in their own unique way. The truth is at each event, there are a hundred plus entries, there's one winner. 
at the end of each season, there's one champion. That feeling, not so much the money, not so much the trophy, that feeling of achievement, that sense of accomplishment, that tip of the cap from your peers, that's why we do this. You can dream of that feeling all you want, or you can take action, take steps toward becoming that racer. If you're ready to take the first step, this is Bracket Racing Elite is for you. Enrollment is open now for a limited time. Learn more at thisisbracketracing.com slash elite before we close the doors again on December the 8th.